Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 153. Today, we're going to start a journey that will last through Christmas time. Yes, I'm going to begin a journey of tracing the history of the fullness of time when God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those of us who are under the law. You see, the Bible is going somewhere. It started and it will have an end. That is time started and will have an end. The word of God will stand forever. And God created us in his image. We fail and through sin, we were separated from God. But God had a plan. It did not take him by surprise. And in the book of Genesis chapter 12, God began to fulfill the promise that he made to Adam in chapter 3 and verse 15, when he said to man, to Adam and to Eve, there will be a Savior. It's called the Proto-Evangelion, the first good news. And so God has been fulfilling his promises just like he said that he would. And so we are going to Follow the journey down through time because Galatians 4 4 says, In the fullness of time, when the time was right, when the occasion was right, when God had everything ready, Jesus was born just on time. Jesus died as a substitute for our sins just on time. He arose from the dead just as prophesied, and He ascended to the Father in heaven, and one day He is coming again literally, physically, just like the prophecies of his first coming were literally fulfilled, physically fulfilled, spiritually fulfilled, so will be his second coming. But before we get to that, I want to go back to the book of Genesis chapter 12, and we are somewhere just before 2,000 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I date Abraham's date 2166. There is a reason for that, but we won't go into that, but you can just start dating generally at 2000 BC, and that will help you to date the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And God prepared his people for a great work that he was going to do through a man by the name of Moses. You see, God had prophesied in Genesis 15 that Abraham would be a stranger in a land that was not his own. The land of Israel today and far beyond the land of Israel, all that is Jordan today, all that is Syria today, most of what is Lebanon today, and most of what is Iraq today is all part of God's promised land to Abraham. And he will fulfill down to the dunam, down to the acre, exactly what he said he would give to Abraham. But God said, before that, you're going to be a stranger in a land because I'm going to prepare you to bring you out with a strong and mighty arm back to the land of promise. And you know the story of the Exodus, the 10 plagues and how God had his contest with Pharaoh, which was no contest at all because the end was already settled. 
But God brought his people out with a strong and mighty arm. And one of the great reasons that now we know through history and God's story is the story of history. It is his story. And God prepared the people to go into the promised land, not just physically and emotionally, but spiritually. He had to teach them how to worship because, you see, God had a plan. He was going to set up a central worship center in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, on Mount Moriah. And to do that, God had to set up a pattern of how people were to come to him. Because, you see, it had never really been made clear so that all of the world could see one day how to come to God. And so God set up a pattern of the way it was in heaven, the great worship center in heaven. Now, this is according to the book of Hebrews that God said through the writer of the book of Hebrews that what Moses built was indeed just a model of the real thing in heaven. And one day we will see that, and Jesus will be in the center of that great holy of holies that is the throne of God in heaven. But God set up a portable temporary worship center called the tabernacle. The favorite term is the tent of meeting. It was a place where God said, I'm going to show you how to approach me. So he set up a door where there was just one way in. He set up a brazen altar, a laver, a wash basin. Then he set up two rooms. One was the golden room that was a rectangle, and it had three pieces of furniture in it. It had a seven-branch menorah, a lampstand. It had a table with bread on it called showbread. There were 12 loaves on the table that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And then there was the golden altar of incense that represented the prayers of God's people and filled the place with a sweet-smelling aroma. And then you had a great veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place or the holy of holies where God said, I will meet with you and I will dwell there among my people. Now, the heavens cannot contain God, but God said, I'm going to show my presence in this cubicle, and it is called the most holy place. And there were two pieces of furniture. There was a chest. We call it an ark because that was the British way of expressing what it was, but it was a chest, and in it had the tablets of stone that had the Decalogue, the Ten Words, what we call the Ten Commandments. There was the pot that had the manna in it. It's a golden pot that God said, lay up as a reminder of my sustenance for you and my provision. And then he said, I want you to put in Aaron's rod that budded. So then he said, I want you to put a lid on that and cover it up. That lid is to be one piece, and it is to also have two cherubs, cherubim, one on either side. They were to be facing inward and looking at where the place where God's shkenah, where his glory would be manifest, where God would show himself. It would be through a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And so God was teaching his people that they had to worship him in the way that he designed, not the way that they had designed. And so the great story of redemption was now being acted out on a daily basis in the desert. And the reason that they needed to do this on a daily basis was to get it inside of their heart, their soul, their mind, every part of their being, that God is the center of their existence. He was the center of the camp. 
camp. He was the center of the tribes. And no one moved, not one step did the camp move without the glory of God going before them. And so he had to teach his people to prepare their hearts one day for the Messiah to come, that they needed to have rapid and ready obedience. And he did that teaching through this great object lesson of the tabernacle, the Mishkan. And so that is the first lesson on God's preparation for the fullness of time to get his people ready to understand that there was a great separation between the glory of God and the place where the people would work and the place where they would serve. And God would only manifest himself once a year at Yom Kippur. We'll talk about that in another podcast. And so remember, in all of these, we are going to start counting down the great timetable of God's redemptive history. And so I'm just giving you a small glimpse of what it's going to be in the days ahead as we walk on the way toward in the fullness of time. God sending forth his son. Merry Christmas. I look forward to taking this journey with you. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.